Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. It, like I had said after the ring ceremony, I would moved on to the next season. Obviously, it's cool for the fans to be able to see the banner and drop it at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, but I, this is a whole new year, and I think uh, I know that. And, um, and we're gonna we're trying to win another Super Bowl, and this is obviously not the way we wanted to start. And so, anytime I lose, I'm embarrassed. Um, and so, I'm gonna try to get better so I don't lose more as the season Off goes on. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. If you're a Kansas City fan, you were thinking that might have been Kadarius Tony. It was not. No. It was Patrick Mahomes. Kadarius Tony doesn't sound like uh, Kermit the Frog. Point taken. Um, Kadarius Tony should also feel embarrassed uh, about last night. That was yeah. uh, for, for the Kansas City Chiefs an opening night loss that will be remembered for a while. And I don't mean that to take that away from the from the uh, Detroit Lions, which we'll talk about in a little while. Um, but I don't know many people who thought, hey, you know, the Detroit Lions are going to come into to GEHA field at Arrowhead and steal one from the champs on ring ceremony night. Yes, on a banner night. That's And that's why I guess when you, when you ask the question to Patrick Mahomes and he answers it in the way that he did, y'all, I'm, al- I'm almost worried for Kansas City's next opponent. Like, they might take out what happened last night on whoever they play in week two. For real. Now, the question is, how high-powered are they without Kelsey? How high-powered are they without Eric Bieniemy And Chris Jones on mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. There's three solid pieces right there. And they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. So there goes your over-the-top deep threat. That used to be like bread and butter. Right. So I'm with you. They've done that in the past. But they had they had a tough time moving the ball against uh, the Lions. Now, you would probably make the case, and you'd probably be, be correct in saying, well, those were good thrown, good thrown, well thrown balls. Well, they were also good. They were they were real they were gooder. They were it's Friday. Um they uh they were well thrown balls to Tony, easily catchable, not contested, unforced errors if we're gonna talk tennis because it's still US Open week. Mm-hmm. Um those were opportunities that they missed. So they, they easily could have gotten in a position to score another three points. Mm-hmm. Um but I wanted to ask you this. In the interest of Kadarius Tony dropping three critical unforced error catches, do you put it on the same level above or below a missed field goal in critical time? Like football is a team sport. So my, my question resides hmm. how much emphasis because we, we love to blame the kicker, right? When they when they yeah. blow a game. Poor guys. I, exactly. That might have been the closest that I've seen for a receiver blowing a game. I think it's all in the moment. Yeah, it's, it's emotional. It's uh, it's how it feels. Yeah, like I, you know, I won't get on a kicker often unless he misses like a couple of extra points in a game, or or the preseason Browns guy that missed three right and then quickly got cut after uh, after liking it on Instagram while he was in the locker room at halftime yeah. after he make, he made a couple in the first half stay in the present guys yes um 
yeah, if you miss a couple thirty yarders or you miss a couple of extra points, then then yeah, I I, I do to, to realize... me in a dome. I think if you miss in a closed uh, vacuum environment, like the forties, t- totally. Mm-hmm. There's no one to blame but you. Yeah, um, unless the holder doesn't put it down very well. Sure, but they drill that so many times. True. I think in in Tony's case. And it wasn't just him, but I, I think in Kansas City's case, when you keep yourself from having these opportunities, like I'm watching Mahomes at at every which part of the field he could possibly be on, trying to deliver a ball down the field, in his in his typical magician like status that he is, and to see some of that negated by the whoopsies by some of his guys. Um, that to me looms larger because you know that Mahomes will get you more often than not in the position of putting up points. If you are keeping Mahomes and by default your own offense by getting a kicker on the field or by punching it into the end zone, you're worse. You're right. It it is a, a team sport. Yeah, but I also, I uh, you know, I I think sometimes we don't put enough pressure on wide receivers to catch passes, and when you have one of the best to ever do it, putting it there despite all odds against him, you better darn well catch it. Oh, I mean that one play. I think it was third and six or something like that, and the uh, the left tackle got beat and had. Uh, Mahomes had his like ankle wrapped up, mm-hmm. but the guy wasn't standing to be able to put any force on him. So Mahomes was slowly, almost in slow motion, going down, but still managed to get rid of the ball, hit one of his receivers. I think it was Tony. Hit him in the hands, and he dropped the pass. Now, probably wouldn't have gotten the first down, but th- that, in if we're going to take a snapshot of the game, that was a perfect one for how it kind of phased out for the Chiefs because Mahomes did everything in his power to help his team win, and they didn't really help him out. You know, it's funny. Um, after the game yesterday, I got a uh, I got a text here to our Zephyr Insurance text line. I think I told you the text. This texter said, Josh P. mocked the Lions this morning. How's that crow taste? Go Lions. Um, wow. I wasn't on the radio in the morning. I would think my voice is a little more distinctive than Bobby's or Chris's or Gary's or Tanner's or Kanoa's or any guest Kanoa brings into the studio. I'd like to think my voice sounds nothing like theirs. Insert whatever joke you want here. Has the public officially moved over from Josh and the other guy to just Josh is now the other guy? Probably. They can't They can't figure it out? It's, it's probably that. <laughs> um. But I don't recall mocking the Lions, do you? I, I don't think any no. of us did. No, it, we had a conversation about the North because you and I have a particular vested interest in the North. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also, before I go into it, yeah. it speaks to our um, non-Homer pittedness right. where we can admit the fact that our two teams in the North are by far three and four. We are self-deprecating individuals. We'll, we'll, we'll just call a spade a spade if it, if it, you know, if the, if the boot fits, right? Yes. So 
we if anything that the conversation we just mentioned that it's the Vikings con- the Vikings division to lose. And I think you and I both agreed that we had Detroit second. Yes. Yeah. And not saying that they don't have a shot, but we want to give the benefit of the doubt to the Horn right now because well, they they earned it. If I, I'm I'm assuming this is a Lions fan who texted that. Um, if your vision of mocking is being a runner-up in your division, then man, you have uh, you have set very, 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 very lofty standards uh, for your team. If second place is is mockable, people are talking like they're a Super Bowl team. Now, I don't know about that just yet, but beating the Chiefs at home on a ring ceremony night on opening night of the NFL season is a tremendous accomplishment. Yes. Oh, no doubt. Any way you slice it. And I uh I didn't really appreciate Mike Tirico ooh saying that this win should have an asterisk next to it because Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones weren't playing for the Chiefs. That's unfair. Do you think that the the Lions had absolutely everybody they wanted to play? They probably had a couple of injuries. Cry me a river. It's football. I will defend Mike here. Okay. And and, and by the way, um, Mike Tirico is one of my favorites yeah. in this profession in yep. general. Was kind enough to give me an interview when he was here at the Pro Bowl. So oh, cool. I will, more often than not, I will find a way to defend. And actually covers golf pretty well. He does. Yeah. I don't think he does enough of it because now he's at NBC. Yep. Um, I will defend him here, though, because, you know, you're kind of saying what a lot of people are thinking. Mm. A lot of people, because he he didn't necessarily frame it as he believes that there should be an asterisk. He had kind of framed it as you probably would put uh, an asterisk because, I mean, again, not to take anything away from Detroit, but a common fan watching that game and understanding who's not in the game, the the injuries that you're talking about, they were more high-profile on the Kansas City side than they were on Detroit, that even if you didn't say it, you were probably thinking it. Would Kansas City have won this game if Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones are playing? And that's why, I mean, you could... When they only beat them by one. Yeah. I mean, you could make the argument about how you say it, sure. Um... But I think in that instance, not to say that Mike Tirico is right or wrong, but I think he's saying what a lot of people watching television are probably thinking at the end of that game. So I don't have a problem with it personally. But, I mean, you you felt like it. Yeah, I just uh, – a win is a win. Uh-huh. And I think no team is exempt from playing with the team that they have on any – on any given week throughout the entire season, you're usually rolling with a, a different squad every time you set foot on the field. Mm. So, with that as a you know as a former player, it's uh, it's unfortunate to think that their win would be kind of discounted. Um, I not, think I would, it's not like they cheated. No, I would put it one more way though. Um, if this were week ten. I don't think you say it, right? Because in week 10, you've learned a little bit more about each team. You've seen what runs they're on, et cetera. You have an idea 
by week 10 probably what these teams look like. Yeah. In week one, where all you're going by are three preseason games, and in, in Detroit's case, you're going by the hopes and dreams of a season ago that um, seemed to bring the idea that things could go well. Um. You know, I, I think it, it opens up in week one that you, know, you could say something like that. But later in the year, no, probably not. If I'm Coach Campbell, I'm making 50 T-shirts with just an asterisk uh, on the middle of the shirt mm-hmm. and making that a rallying cry for my team. That we go into Arrowhead and we take care of business and they won't give us the credit. They won't give us the credit until we win the Super Bowl. What type of a team do we want to be? Because they Campbell all think would. that we're an asterisk. Yeah. Dan Campbell would. Exactly. I'm calling it. Okay. I think it could be one of those, some would say random, teams like the Lions look for chips to put on their shoulders. The bad boy Pistons, it's, it's almost in the DNA of teams from Detroit to have kind of a us versus the world kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. I could see them making this into a big kind of internal campaign. Let me, let me, and by the way, it's, it's ironic. Mike Tirico lives in Michigan. Ha! That is, wow. Okay. Um, or coincidence, I guess, not, a, not irony. Um, to, to, to pull the graphic designer out of you for a second, when, yeah. you, when you create these shirts, uh-huh. do you put the Lions logo and the asterisk on the top right? Or do you just straight full asterisk on the front? That's it. Uh, you know, if you wanted to get really crazy, you could actually put the face of a lion in the middle of the asterisk. Okay. Because the asterisk in itself almost looks like the mane of a lion. Okay. Uh, if you wanted to go that nuts, I oh man, if if they were allowed to, just the lion symbol and then an asterisk like above its tail because it it leaps to the left. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of cool. I should note. I was just thinking about this a few minutes. <clears throat> don't ago. put sorry. Don't put the asterisk under the tail, or it looks like something's coming out of the lion's butt. So above the tail is key. Did you really have to get that visual in my head? I mean. You, you asked you for my graphic design advice. <laughs> Don't put the asterisk under the tail, over the tail that's a, every time. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, it was. It just dawned on me a few minutes ago. I don't think you're wearing Honolulu blue, but you're pretty darn close it's to pretty it. Pretty close. It is a, uh, a slightly darker shade of that Honolulu blue, mm-hmm. which shout out to Kevin Harlan on the, uh, on the radio broadcast kept shouting out that it was Honolulu blue, not just saying blue, because uh, Lions fans represented there at uh, there in Kansas City yesterday, for real. Um, we were gonna do this yesterday, but again, we had like thirty seconds. Um, team with the most to prove. Detroit maybe was one of those teams on opening night. You know, can you prove that you belong on this stage? Uh, but is there another team now that we have gone through opening night that you would consider one? that has something to prove. We'll talk about that coming up here. Uh, Michael Johnson Jr. is uh, Albany's play-by-play voice. He texted me a few minutes ago. He's on a beach. <laughs> because why wouldn't you be That's right. if you're only here for a few days? Uh, Unless you're, you're really sick. Man, you played the... Uh, uh, oof. That card hit. Um, and I wasn't expecting that card. 
given the uh, the current events of U Albany. Uh, but Michael Johnson Jr. is going to join us in about uh, 15 minutes. Hey, how did you do on um, ESPNHonolulu.com's pigskin picks after uh, game number one? Oh, for one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a great year. <laughs> Thank God I didn't put money on it. You think you had it bad. I told you this a couple of days ago. You think you had it bad? My um, my suicide league team was Kansas City. Ooh. Yeah. You used it already? I used it already. Ouch. So see, I, you see, I have a, uh, I have a formula. And by the way... Our uh, uh, our VIP section, you know, you, me, uh, Chris and Gary, Rob DeMello, who's like really good at this. Yeah. Nobody, even Kanoa. Yep. Oh, no, he, he picked against he picked his picked team. Against his team. Yep. Nobody picked Kansas City. To be fair, I wonder when we all picked Kansas City. Yeah. If we picked Kansas City before the Kelsey news dropped, which I did, mm-hmm. I wonder if we would have changed that at all. I thought about it. I knew about the Kelsey news in the morning. I figured I'd stay with it. Um, but yeah, uh, my my uh, my. Well, we call it the Survivor Game hmm. in this league. In others, it's called like the Suicide League. Um, yeah, my, my pick was Kansas City. I felt really, really good about taking Kansas City, and I have a formula for that. Mm. I take it's, – it's, it's a dumb formula. I take what, Keegan? Keegan's got this smirk on his face like he's about to do something. Uh, no, do it. You, you, you've got something smart to throw in there. Just do it. Um, but uh, I take the games that we air on radio, which mm-hmm. we have like one, two, three, four, five, like – Eight. We have like half the games on our air here over the course of week one. Mm. And so out of all of those, I felt like, you know, Kansas City's probably the safest. So uh yeah. I did too. Uh, you know I I knew that's what he was exactly gonna do. I knew it. He had this Keegan and and he's filling in for Liz. Liz is on vacation for the next couple of weeks. Um, Keegan, I, I know I've known Keegan for long enough that there's a certain face that he makes Yep, when he's, when he's in the lab, it's like this smile that, is, that, that has bad intentions all over it. And when he made Similar. that face, I knew Keegan's going for sad trombone. I knew it immediately. And that's why I said to you, just do it. Just go for it. I already know you're planning it. Just do it. It's a similar smile when a toddler has already gotten in the cookie jar and he's holding the cookie behind his back and you can't see it. Yeah. I dare you. Yep. I dare you find the cookie. Uh, yeah, that's that's Keegan. We love Keegan, but, you know, I, I know when Keegan's intentions go a certain way, he can't hide it. You, you are not... Uh, I can see right through you. A couple of texts to our Zephyr Insurance text line. Texter from the uh, 381. The Chiefs defense only gave up 14 points. I am sure they will take that every game. No doubt. I mean, you don't look at that game and say, yeah, the defense was the problem. 
I mean, the defense held Detroit on a fourth and two, which Detroit nearly Detroited themselves by going for it on a fourth and two inside five minutes to go in Kansas City territory. Chiefs come up with the sack, give themselves an opportunity um, to which they ultimately would try to go for a fourth down needing 25 yards. Um, but yeah, we're, I don't think we're sitting here criticizing defense. No. No, I, I don't think so either. If, uh, if we're going to look at yesterday's game, you have to consider the fact that they didn't have everybody that they had. Mm-hmm. Or, or that that they could have put on the field, right? And so every aspect is going to change. I mean, especially with a tight end, your blocking changes. He's the best pass catching tight end in the NFL. Um, unfortunately, I took him in the first round of our draft, um, and now he's first round on my bench. So it's just <laughs> one of those things where it change the identity of that team and you know I can't help but wonder watching that if Chris Jones's situation is going to be expedited when they saw how much the Lions actually ran on the Chiefs I wonder if that will kind of get them into high gear to get that deal done by the way you mentioned um what you do with your draft I saw Keegan immediately run over to his sound effects machine um to uh See now, see now, Keegan's slow in the controls. For you, Keegan doesn't really want to want to go to sad trombone. For me, yeah. it's easy. Yep. Coming up, we'll we'll do what we actually said we were going to do. Team with the most approved in Week One in the National Football League. We teased it. We got caught up in my failures in pigskin picks and everybody's, and we didn't even get to teams uh, the team to prove in Week One. Man, that's just glorious radio. Love it. Yeah, and, and and Hunter's thinking, sitting next to me, he's like, it's not my fault. It's, it's all you, Josh. No, You're the one that screwed it up. We're, we're big fans of going off the cuff on off the bench. Yes, we so, are. Um, with that comes just rolling with the punches. Yeah, especially me. I'm, I'm, I'm the definition of rolling with the punches, uh, and Hunter's just like, okay, come on. Let's, let's, let's get back here. Uh, not off the cuff is uh, our preparation for Hawaii and Albany coming up tomorrow. You're going to join me for Countdown to Kickoff. Yes, sir. Uh, Four o'clock from uh, a couple hundred yards away from the Clarence D. C. Ching Athletics Complex. Uh, Then you'll join me for halftime as well. You're filling in for Coach Arnold Martinez. He is, uh, his son is taking the walk at Death Valley. No way. Yeah. For the first time. For the first time. Oh, good for him. He should be there to see that. That's awesome. And Coach tells me, his son may make the field on special teams. Whoa. Yeah, he's on the depth chart. So uh, so that's pretty neat. So you'll be in his place along with your sideline duties. And uh, in the booth will be Michael Johnson Jr., the uh, play-by-play voice for the Great Danes of Albany, And he joins us now here on ESPN Honolulu. You texted me before we did the interview, and you said uh, you were going to find a quiet spot while at the beach. I'm just curious, is... Uh, I don't know where you find a quiet spot while at the beach unless you're going to the bathroom. So where is the quiet spot at the beach? Josh Hunter, aloha. Uh, thanks for having me on it. I guess, uh, yeah, there really is no quiet spot, guys. I'm like, up the hill, you can probably still hear the waves um, crashing in the in the background. And, uh, yeah, I tried my hardest this week to not come off like such a tourist, but uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. We are really enjoying Honolulu and looking forward to the game on, uh, on Saturday tomorrow. Hey, you guys got in early. 
Um, and I'm assuming a lot yeah. of that is, is, you know, adjusting to the six hour time difference. It, it is. You're, you're, you're spot on with that hundred percent because we had a three hour bus ride from uh, our campus, the university of Albany to JFK airport uh, in New York city. And then we had a 10 and a half hour direct flight. So a little bit of jet lag to, <laughs> to say the least to adjust. But when you arrive here, it's my first time. It's my partner in the booth, Roger Weiland's first time as well. Uh, it, it's beautiful, and it's worth every second of that long uh, and, and lengthy flight. So it, it's paid off. It's beautiful. I want to talk about the team here in a little bit, but first, uh, the news of the week is that uh, Greg Gattuso, the uh, head coach at UAlbany, unfortunately under the weather, did not make the trip when the team left. Uh, so it'll be Jared Ambrose, the associate head coach and offensive coordinator, who's going to take the reins tomorrow. Um can you expect anything different? I mean, this is really Coach Ambrose's, uh, you know, kind of head coaching debut in a way. But with all of this time over the course of the week, how does that allow this team to prepare for a different voice on Saturday? That's a great question. And, yeah, you're right. I believe it will be, at least for a long time, because uh, uh, Coach uh, Jared Ambrose is our offensive coordinator, I should say, uh, his first head coaching job. Unfortunate that Coach Gattuso obviously couldn't make the, the trip. But so we've been to practice, and, and nothing's really changed. And his message to the guys and really uh, game plan and scheming, you know, he's got a great relationship with our quarterback, Reese Poffenbarger. Uh, the offense is, is very good. There's, they're an offensive line that's a, a veteran group that brought a lot of guys back. And you always got a lot of wide receivers. Um, so I don't really see too much uh, adjustments uh, in, in, you know, as opposed to Coach Gattuso being here. Uh, as opposed to now, uh, you know, Coach Ambrose being here. But, uh, yeah, good question. I would say it's, it's more part, you know, state of courts uh, for, for Coach Ambrose and company come tomorrow. Michael Johnson Jr. will be calling the game for you, Albany. He joins us here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Michael, um, you guys' quarterback, Reese Poffenbarger. That, I mean, that name in and of itself is just awesome. And uh, we're in a new era right now of uh, NIL. You know, Bajan Robinson has his line of mustard. And, you know, you change a couple letters here from Reese Poffenbarger, you could easily have Cheesy Puff in a in a bagger <laughs> what? just wondering if there's maybe an nil in the works here that we aren't aware of that maybe you might give us the inside scoops on i tell you what it's a great point nothing that i've heard of you could do a, a puff and burger to do something like that i'll have to send this interview to reese after because he'll he'll love this yes uh, he, he's a great dude and a great leader uh of this team they they respect him and he, he's mobile i'm sure you guys know this he, he can really escape the pocket he's He's a talented quarterback, uh, redshirt freshman last year, had tremendous season uh, in the CAA. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, for, it, it, it's, it's pretty easy to, to, to play on words with his, uh, with his name, whether it's his first name or his last name. So he should have uh, a ton of NIL deals with that. That's a great point. You know, you, you were talking about his athletic ability and, and, and playmaking ability. I mean, he was well-decorated last year on the FCS level. A lot of times it does start with the big uglies up front. How has that offensive hey, line? Hey, hey, we love <laughs> hey, our old linemen. I just because you call them big uglies doesn't mean you don't like them. Um, <laughs> but how how have how has that front line uh, been able to help Poffenbarger and that offense? You know, it's it's funny because a couple weeks ago practice, I was speaking with our left tackle Ozzy Hutchinson, and I said, Ozzy, you know. Reese is mobile. Does that make your job easier? He said, oh, yeah, it's great. He said, sometimes, you know, I don't even have to, to hang out of the block that long, and I know if the play's broken down or, the, you know, opposing team's defensive lines in the backfield, he can just escape. 
because he's quick. And I think the biggest thing with Reese, and you guys will probably find out tomorrow come kickoff, is he doesn't turn the ball over, and he's got a very high football IQ. Uh, when a play is broken down, I don't know how many uh, sacks he's escaped, uh, and a credit is also due to the offensive line. You know, Scott Hausman, veteran center back, uh, Nolan Latuleep, uh transfer in at right tackle, and then Ozzie Hutchison, the, the big mainstay on the blind side at left tackle. A lot of times it's that cliche of saying, guys, right, you know, you're only as good as your, your offensive line, and Reese and that offensive line, they're very close. They're always a team event. They're hanging out here in the hotels at the beach in Hawaii. They have a great relationship, and uh, you'll see it tomorrow when they try to protect number seven in the pocket. You just said something very interesting that I'm kind of keying on. He doesn't turn over the football. Hawaii's defense right now hasn't gotten any takeaways here in the first two games. So it almost seems like one of those things that, okay, you've got discipline on one side. You've got another team that's just kind of, um, you know, held itself together but hasn't made the big play. Like, who steps up big, and, and when does it happen? Does it happen early? Does it happen late? Who takes that step up in this game? And it seems like this is a classic offensive versus defensive matchup that I, I think may uh, tell that story. Yeah, I think, honestly. I mean, it's it's always something you hear about. Coach Catuso tells us all the time, I think whoever wins the turnover battle, honestly, wins the game tomorrow, right? I mean, Albany hasn't forced too many turnovers so far. And right, I, you're, you're absolutely spot on. I was doing some prep last night on, on Hawaii, and, and yeah, I mean, the Whoever, they can force the turnover early on Reese and kind of get that offense rattled a little bit, I think you see the momentum shift to the Rainbow Warriors. But, but if not, if Reese is able to do his thing, keep it going, I think it'll be tough for that Hawaii defense. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting tomorrow. I'm excited. I know um, we're probably getting to this. I don't want to beat you guys to another question, but uh, Hawaii likes to throw the ball, don't they? <laughs> a little bit, yes. That's a, that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a good call, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, are you getting so what I was – Reading, it's Braden Shager. He's second in the entire country in passing yards. Is that right behind Caleb Williams? Uh, I believe he's number one, my friend. You may want to get number that. Number one. Yeah. Number Get that one. adjusted. Yes. He's actually ahead of Caleb Williams. I think he's the only guy north of 700 yards yeah. right now. That might change when kickoff comes on, uh, yeah. on Saturday, but for the moment. Yeah. Caleb Williams will probably have his way impressive. with Stanford. Yeah, true. Right. Exactly. Yeah, nothing like the uh, perennial being up there. That's elite, you know. Elite status being up there with the perennial uh, Heisman favorite there. That, that's impressive stuff. But, yeah, I mean, hey guys, look, Albany's coming in off of a, a game where they went against, and a lot of times we know what happens in these FBS, FCS matchups, right? You know, every, every expert or, or betting odds, whatever have you, is going to lean towards FBS. And, you know, it kind of felt that way against Marshall, but Albany held their own. It really could have beaten Marshall at Marshall in Huntington, West Virginia last week. Lost a close one, 21-17. to 17. So I think they're riding high with confidence after – Starting the season with a win at home against Fordham, and I think it's going to be a pretty good matchup from what I'm reading against uh, Hawaii. You know, Hawaii looking for their first win, you Albany looking for their first win on the road in a number of years. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, let's talk about you guys' defense real quick because you, you just brought it up. The fact that they were able to hang tight with a school like Marshall, to me yeah. as a former player, speaks to the leadership on you Albany's defense. And maybe well, are there a couple guys that we should be looking out for and uh, that maybe poised to make big plays tomorrow on the defensive side of the football? Yeah, there, there are a few. That's another good question. Dylan Kelly, circle number 42 for the Great Dance. He leads the team in tackles. He led the team last year with 97 solo tackles. He's everywhere. He's one of the most pure tacklers in probably all of college football, definitely the CAA conference. Amir Hall, transfer corner uh, from Richmond, already has an interception this year. You all but secondary was you know, poor to say the least last year, averaged about, you know, their defense gave up 34.1 points a game 
Uh, but Amir Hall, number one, the corner, Dylan Kelly, number 42, and really any one of the guys on the front board. They all come back. Guys in the home opener against Fordham, Anton Junkaj, uh, one of the defensive ends, had four sacks. The team had 10 in the, the entire game. They had 15 sacks as a team the entire season in 2022. So this defense is good. A lot of personnel changes. Uh, Bill Nessett. Uh, upgraded to the uh, defensive coordinator. He's worked his way up with the University of Albany, and he, he's done a, a, a great job. Um, and, and you notice the difference. They're a lot more aggressive, a lot more pressure on the quarterback. Um, and it's, yeah, the defense, to say the least, has been improved. But Amir Hall, Dylan Kelly are definitely a few, and that defensive line is, is, is big and physical and aggressive. The front four for the great things. Yeah, 10 sacks over the course of the year uh, in, one, in, in two games. 10 sacks is, is pretty darn good. The one thing that I take away defensively, Opponents only have converted three third downs in two games against U Albany's defense. Three of 22, 14% third down defensive conversion rate, while yep. uh, while U Albany's offense is at 41%. That's a that's a big dynamic. It is, and I'm glad you brought that up. That's that's a great stat too because you notice it too. Every time Marshall would move the ball down the field and have a big third down, you know U Albany would just step up and it didn't matter who it was but they would make a play and yeah third down whether it's short long mid-distance it does not matter the great dance are ready and they're ready to make a play on on the biggest down to get the ball back to Therese Pottenbarger and that offense Michael Johnson Jr. last thing um best thing you've ate uh, or you've eaten so far since you've been here huh. that's uh that's a good question uh we've had we've had a lot of good stuff there were these I think it was last night I forget what restaurant we were at um, we're staying at the, I think it's the Waikiki uh, Marriott. Right down the road from, from that is uh, a place, it was Lulu something, I forget the name. It was yeah. really good. Had these fish tacos oh, yeah. that were so, so good. I think it was swordfish tacos, really, really good. I'd say so far, that's what stands out. They were so good. I wanted more of them. I wish there were more on the plate. But, yeah, everything here, Hawaii's beautiful. Uh, totally enjoying the first trip. The food's been great. The people have been great. The, you, you don't make up the views here. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to to meeting everybody tomorrow, and it should be a good game between both Hawaii and UAlbany. Awesome. We'll come by and say hello at some point. Uh, Michael Johnson, Jr., UAlbany's play-by-play voice. Uh, thanks for giving us some time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Josh Hunter, thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Aloha. All right. Michael and all of our guests appear courtesy of our hotline here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. You can tell, by the way, he's also a, a, a radio show host, mm-hmm. so you can you can tell in, in how he converses. He has... Uh, he has that background. He's excited to use the word aloha, too. Yeah. I got to give him credit. He did well. He, no, he did really well. Yeah, he did well with that. Um, but, you know, you, you like when when people, are they, they take it all in. They enjoy it. It's it's the business, but also the personal part of the trip. Um, and, and you feel the sincerity of it, too, which I which I enjoy with him. Mm-hmm. Um, good having him. We, we got a lot more on Hawaii and Albany. You, uh, Albany, as we go. Oh! Uh-oh. 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 Venmo Liz. There's a dollar. There's, There's a, dollar, a dollar. A dollar in the jar. There it is. Oh, too bad I don't have Venmo. Uh, <laughs> man, it took four days yep. for me to break. And you've been perfect so far. You, Albany. Oh, boy. All right. I'll, I'll get my dollar in there. Uh, oh. <laughs> Shout out to Keegan. You know, you, you know we That's noticed. twice in one hour. I love it. He uh, he he poker faced that. 
so, you weren't ready for it. No, he didn't give that. For those wondering, we on our side, the recording side of the studio, can only see the top half of Keegan. So if he keeps it halfway, you know, under wraps up top, no, no idea what his his fingers are doing. Yeah, um, he went total poker face, um, and so like he he kept it under the vest. I I just didn't look, and then yeah, out of the blue. He he decided to 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 go turbo on me. Uh, I'll put the dollar in the jar later. You're listening to Off the Bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Good to have you in alongside Hunter Hughes. I'm Josh Pacheco. Our first look at traffic is coming up in uh, just a little bit. We'll get you through on your Friday into your weekend. You got any uh, weekend plans besides uh, uh, besides UH football? To tell you the truth, I haven't really looked past. Uh, Saturday night. You so. sound like Coach Timmy Chang. Yeah. Good on you, by the way. We're 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 owing two. That's what I'm thinking about. Okay. Uh, you can come up with your, with your uh, weekend plans basically Sunday for Sunday. Is That's what right. Saying. We'll figure out what's going on Sunday afterwards. Okay. Hey, I uh, want to tell you about a, a new show which is debuting in uh, the next week and a half. It's called the Student Section, and we're gonna have it at uh, AutoSource. Uh, that's coming up. Uh, Chris Hart. Cole Malsoff, uh, what's cool about this show is they're going to get to talk to University of Hawaii student-athletes, high school student-athletes, um, and uh, you can be there, part of the audience. Uh, 7 o'clock, the first episode is September 19th. Uh, it's at the Auto Source Carousel. That's the new one. Uh, across, right by the mall. That's right, right yeah. across from Ala Moana Center. Uh, mahalo to Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers for uh, uh, their help in making this all happen at nice. the Auto Source Carousel for the student section. All right. Uh, team with the most approved in the NFL here in the rest of week number one. Kansas City has gone down. Detroit was probably one of those. They win. Yep. Let's look at the rest of the weekend. Who's that one team that uh, you need to tell you something? The 49ers. Okay. To me, they've spent more money than anybody else. They are the healthiest right now if you consider – they're A-list guys. Like, everybody's poised, ready to go. This is their year to show up or be shown the door. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think it all depends on health for them. Yeah. You know, health has derailed what could have been some very special years last year, despite, you know, playing. Not having you know, a quarterback. Right. And they ended up not having one in the final game of the year, pretty much. But they battled through a lot of that. Yep. Uh, you know, in, in order to to get close. I think there's more expecting or expected of that team than anybody else. Mm-hmm. It would shock me more if the 49ers didn't find their way into an NFC Championship game than if the Kansas City Chiefs did not. Okay. Yeah. I am going to give you the Las Vegas Raiders. Interesting. And uh, I have, well, they're in Denver in week one. Uh-huh. I have them winning uh-huh. um, because I don't trust Russell Wilson. <laughs> I, I don't trust country. I don't, I don't trust him anymore either as a person. Apparently, but as Sean a, Payton doesn't either. No. Wow. Um, you know, their, their big thing was they, they got rid of, of Carr. He's now in New Orleans. Jimmy Garoppolo is the new quarterback there. There were some injury concerns with him. That's That's been cleared up now. Um, but when you're in Vegas, one of the best running backs in football, that, that true, uh, 
True. That it too. is true. That too. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you, you don't make moves without realizing that you need to make a splash. Mm. You're in the entertainment capital of the world. And, of course, you're talking about Josh Jacobs. I can't yep. you know, just ignore that. And Devontae Adams. Yeah. If you don't win with that lineup, uh, then – Anything you've done in the offseason, including the Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, the the whole uh, franchise tag situation for a little while, anything you've done will be a waste. You don't make the playoffs, even as a wild card, making all those changes, not worth it. Mm. I mean, consider... Even if they've got the Chiefs in their division. Yes. Wow. I mean, you still got the Chargers there. Yes, you got the Broncos there. I think the Broncos are the worst team in that division. Yep, I think that's probably fair. Um, You know, I I think you've got to get there. Um, Your expectation now in that city is you got to be winning every year. It's not like being in Oakland anymore. I think the alternate for this list has got to be the New York Jets. Okay. There's more preseason hype on this team than there has been in a long time for a football team. Mm-hmm. Really, since probably uh, New England Patriot, uh, Tom Brady teams. Right. Uh, there's more curiosity surrounding that team, similar to the Colorado um, Buffaloes, honestly, with Deion Sanders. Yeah. A curiosity to see if it's going to work. This helps you feel like we are uh, about a... About an hour away from officially kicking off the weekend. Mm-hmm. Some uh, revolution. You know them. I do. Yes, you do. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. He's Hunter Hughes. I'm Josh Pacheco. Uh, we've got, uh, I think we got volleyball tickets to give away coming up a little bit later on. I'm excited for that. Nice. Uh, of course, volleyball is a little tough uh, last night. If you were uh, If you were awake at 1044 last night, when uh, Liberty earned its first ever win against a top 25 team in program history. They did that. The Lady Flames did. That was, uh, uh, that was an incredible showing there by, uh, by Liberty. Uh, they're going to play their match here in a little while against UCLA, by the way, mm. uh, to open up day two of the Classic at Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. So, um, yeah, kind of feels like we are uh, getting into the weekend. We'll talk more about volleyball here in a little while. Uh, Deion Sanders is certainly celebrating for a little while after uh, Colorado defeated TCU in week one of the season. Colorado's got Nebraska uh, here in uh, in week two. It's one of the uh, 6 a.m. games. I asked you this question before we got on the air. Is Deion Sanders so must-see that you will wake up at 6 a.m. to watch his team play against the Cornhuskers of Nebraska? Oof. That is a short list of things that I would wake up that early to watch something. Is there anything football-related on that list? If your Chicago Bears were playing in an international series game, would you wake up at 3 a.m. for that? Not if it didn't have playoff implication. Yeah, and most of those don't. Yeah. So you just won't watch your team? No. Okay. Uh, If Hawaii (laughs) was playing on the East Coast for some odd reason... And it had Mountain West uh, conference implications. I'd wake up for that. Okay. Um, also, because I would need to talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. Um, on this show. Um, 
So that that would cover the football side of things. Usually it's only golf related that I would wake up that early to watch. Okay. Yep. Yeah, open championship. Yep, for sure. Tiger. I think I think you woke up early for that the Masters when they resumed the third round. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, anything with the Masters, I'm I'm up. Yeah. Um. Uh. To to answer your question, back back to Dion. I'm not waking up for that one. Okay. I think they're gonna handle Nebraska. This is Colorado's home opener. First home opener with Dion as a head coach. It's going to be an absolute madhouse. And they'll probably be, they will probably beat Nebraska by 30. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm, I, what I'm worried about is a letdown. Not to say that I don't trust, um, not to say that I don't trust Dion and I don't trust Colorado. Colorado's only a three-point favorite hmm. at home against Nebraska, which tells me that I'm not the only one that doesn't trust this team. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if this is a flash in the pan. And I think, you know, we talked about this on on Tuesday. I want to see a little bit more that would lead me to trust what's going on. Now, that said, I think I will wake up at 6 o'clock because I want to see how long this ride's going to go. You know, they're a top 25 team. In in one game, Deion Sanders has taken Colorado from um, a question mark to a rank. And if everything goes right for Colorado, because next week they've got uh, Colorado State. Yep. There's a very good chance Colorado's a 3-0 and team by the time they go to Oregon to get walloped by the Oregon Ducks. I'm sorry. My, uh, my opinion of that is not going to change. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't, I don't find myself guaranteeing a, uh, a Colorado win at home against Nebraska. I would love if it was close. Mm-hmm. And I think... Anytime Dion's team steps foot on the field and the game is close, that's good for college football. Yeah. That is really good for college football. They, it feels like the masses are hungry for another story to root for besides the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, and it's good for college football. Yep. It's good for college football that Georgia has been competitive. It's yep. good for college football that... TCU did what it did last year. It's good for college football when you've got another Power 5 team you can talk about. It's good for college football that USC's got the Heisman Trophy winner and could be a CFP crasher. Um, The more good things in college football, the better. To root for a a team, honestly, that isn't red or orange. Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, USC— it's the same colors. What have you got against Syracuse? Or they're, they're not they're not in this conversation. <laughs> what have you got against Boston College, Hunter? Uh, yeah, that's a burgundy and gold. I guess that counts. Um, I think people are just. I can't not think of things as a 
designer and as an artist. It it helps when you've got other colors in there. What do you got against Ball State, Hunter? Oh yeah, that's a red one. I'm sorry. Now you've got me going on colors. Illinois, on red, orange. Yeah. Yep. Nebraska's a bright red. Yes, it is. Ohio State's a bright red. Oklahoma's got some red. Yeah. It's a it's a different red. Yep. UNLV's got red. UNLV does have red. We could go for days yep. on the well, over, <laughs> the well over Fresno Wazoo. State's got red. Yeah. Uh, on the well over 100 teams. Among the many things I don't color. like about Fresno. There you go. Yep. But uh, the buff, uh, the Buffaloes, that black and gold, it's, it's refreshingly different to look at. And uh, we will look at it in the Big 12 next year as well. Crazy. Yeah, I think the real story about Colorado will be told. Um, they're two games in a row against top 25 teams at Oregon and at home against USC. Back to back. Like they could very well go three and zero. I think they beat Nebraska, but I don't think it's a it's a walloping. Utah's um, another red school. There you go. Yeah, and uh, and they get Utah at the end of the year. Yep. Have fun with that one. Yep. Uh, and that's at Utah. Uh, I th- I think they beat Colorado State. I don't know if they beat them handily, but I think they beat Colorado State. I think that'll be handedly. The biggest thing that we'll learn about Colorado is what they do in conference play. I think yeah. I think that's going to be. Um, you know, maybe the most important aspect of what we see. 90% uh, texter from the 367, 90% on public money, 90% of public money on Colorado. Nebraska will, I think this is like a medal. Um, I don't know if they mean that Nebraska is going to cover or that Nebraska is going to win, but hmm. I think they're saying because 90% of public money is on Colorado, Nebraska might, you know, pull this one out. Hmm. Maybe. I don't tend to believe in uh, in what uh, the folks in the desert say, uh, although the folks in the desert did have Stanford as a favorite, and you know, even though it was going down, they were they were kind of right. It's true. Um, they were wrong about Vandy. They were wrong about Vandy. Yeah. Texter from the seven nine seven. Um, as I, I need to to guess the age of this texter. Nebraska is a junky team. Junky. Uh, ooh. Are they making some sort of reference towards the shoplifter from their team? Oh, oh! I didn't know you were going there. I'm just trying to think of. No, I think they're just lo- literally you know, just trying to say Nebraska's not very good. Just okay. use the word junkie. Junkie. Well, they got beat by Minnesota. Yeah, and that was a last minute. I think it was a field goal to win it for Minnesota. Yeah, I think they beat them like 13 to 10. Yeah. It was a lame game. Oh, well, it was classic Big Ten. Big Ten West. Man. You know, when when you've got the power, when you when you got the big fellows going up against one another, we're not talking about powerhouses. We're talking about power horses uh, in games like that. Mm. The Big Ten delivers those. At least one game a week, uh, you get one of those. Is there a game, by the way? Um, I know all eyes for you are on uh, UAlbany and Hawaii. I know that's your weekend, but is there anything you might wake up for and, and watch tomorrow? Tough to not pay attention to Alabama against Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find out what Texas is truly made of. I think it's safe to say year in, year out, you know what you're going to get when you play the Crimson Tide. This is Texas's opportunity to show if they can break through their own kind of ceiling curse right. that they have not been able to escape from. So this has been one of those marquee matchups that – I've been interested just as a college football fan looking at since uh, the beginning of the season. So, 
our sister station, CBS 1500, will have that uh, kickoff about just a little after one. Alabama's a seven-point favorite. I I feel like this be, this may be the year that Texas goes into Bryant-Denny Stadium and wins. Wow. I'm not calling it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not it calling for... That. Um, for a Texas win, but I, I think if there's any year that the Longhorns, who won 37 to 10 against Rice last week, if there's any year the Longhorns pull this one off, I think it could be this year. I don't think you got an Alabama blowout on your hands here mm. uh, when they get together. My um, my game that I'm I'm interested in, and you know, I'll be trying to grab some highlights throughout you know the the, the morning when we do our highlights package for uh, for the Mountain West and for the top 25 scoreboard. Number 20 Ole Miss is at number 24 Tulane. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. And this might be the biggest home game in Golden Wave history uh, or Green Wave history. I was going to say because it's a Green Wave in the, it, the logo. It is a Green Wave, uh, but they're trying to be golden in their season. Mm, nice. Thank you for the save. Um, they're They're an underdog. Yep. But Tulane is probably the best group of five team yep. that we've got in the country right now. Have been last last year or so. Yeah, I mean it's been Tulane. It's well, it's been Coastal Carolina the, yep. the last couple of years. But Cincy before they jumped mm-hmm. over to the the Big Twelve, Houston as well, UCF before that, so. SMU, SMU. Although not necessarily by record, but more so by interest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Popularity. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see. Tulane at home hosting a, a an SEC team, and that does not happen where an SEC team goes on the road to take out a group of five opponent, except for you know Stanford coming here, but that was part of a, a home and home agreement. Yeah, I like Tulane. That would be awesome. I am I am taking Tulane at home. Um, I want to see. I, I want to see. Um, I want to see Lane Kiffin lose. I, I was going to say, I want to see Lane Kiffin upset. Yeah. You remember Lane Kiffin, the uh, anti-NIL guy? Yeah. Um, I want I, to see him throw that clipboard again. Yeah. Uh, one thing that won't happen if his team loses, he won't get fired on the tarmac. Um, but um, I, I'd, I'd love to see Tulane you know, give him a, a good solid L. That's my game. 9.30 a.m. kickoff. Put a big fat L. In lane. Yes. 9.30 a.m. kickoff uh, for uh, Ole Miss in Tulane. That's going uh, to be a lot of fun. Uh, text or via our Zephyr Insurance text line from the 367. More betting on Colorado than NFL games. Ooh. Wow. It says uh, Nebraska will win. Thanks. Ooh. That. Um, I would find that surprising. Me too. That would be one of those stone-cold lock of the centuries of the week. Going back to uh, to the adult swim folks on the old SVP show. You talk about a complete reversal of tides from beating TCU at TCU and then losing at home to an unranked Nebraska. Although I, I believe in Coach Rule. Coach Rule is, I, I, I like that guy. Good coach. Yeah. Didn't work out in the NFL. Nope. Probably should have stayed at Baylor, but agreed. If he didn't leave, then maybe Coach Aranda's not there. True. So, well, don't talk to Coach Aranda right now. That loss against Texas State. Well, uh, against uh, another former Hawaii coach, GJ Kinney and, and Craig Coach Stutzman. Stutzman. Yeah, QB coach over there now. 
Yeah. And they were running monkey all day. <laughs> running monkey fades. I love it. Literally bringing run and shoot concepts and throwing it up against a former D coordinator in Coach Aranda. I thought you were going to say I love it. bringing back running the same play, play after play after play. I thought well, you were going to say bringing that back. Uh, no, not not quite that. But, man, I bet Aranda was not happy. Definitely not. Because the amount of times Coach Yoro sees the same plays, it'd be the same thing. Him going and coaching at a power five and then seeing those plays yet again getting him <laughs> flashbacks i love it yeah uh, it is off the bench uh here on espn honolulu a lot of you've been talking about you albany and uh, hawaii kickoff about 605 tomorrow uh from the clarence tc ching athletics complex your texts and your calls on that game another look at traffic coming up in uh about three and a half minutes here on espn honolulu sports centers on the way as well uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line. Got one here for you, Hunter. Uh, getting ready for Hawaii and U Albany. Texter from the 208 says, Warriors 35, Great Danes 30. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Texter also says, Timmy keeps talking QB feet. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, it could mean a few things. In the run and shoot, there's typically, historically, a different drop pattern for QBs. They don't drop with their hips perpendicular to the line of scrimmage. They typically drop back with their hips parallel mm-hmm. to the line of scrimmage. And they will flow, drift left or right, depending on where the throw is supposed to go. Um, quickness of the feet always has parallels with how quick the arm can throw the ball. So depends on what he's talking about. Uh, sometimes if you watch quarterbacks slow on their reads, it means their feet are also slow. So I don't know what context he's referring to with that, but usually it uh, that's another way of referring to timing as a quarterback. I was about to say, are you seeing anything feet-wise? Uh, it felt like uh, Braden's feet were a little bit more lively against Vandy than they were against Stanford. Um, but... I didn't get a chance to watch the film mm-hmm. on Stanford. So tough to make that call if you haven't also gone and seen if people people were open or not. But it also seemed like um, it, it seemed like Stanford defensively was just better yeah. than, than Vanderbilt. Than I, don't, I don't know if we're necessarily talking about pressure on the QB, but it seems like uh, uh, it, it seems like it's other circumstances. It may be a little bit of Braden. But it also seems like defenses are kind of forcing him a certain way. Yeah, I I, I think it's still early to make end all be all um, determinations on his on his play. And let's not forget he's the number one passer in the entire country in uh-huh. terms of passing yards. So let's not forget that. Um, but uh, I am just as a former quarterback going to be watching his feet to see if they do kind of turn up the uh, the liveliness tomorrow. Uh, one more texter here asking about Jalen Walthall. Um, yeah, is he injured? I don't. I don't know. I. It, it, it's hard to uh, comment on that because I still see him at practice. Mm-hmm. It's tough to make a a true determination on what's going on there because he was a mainstay for us last season. Yeah. Uh, texter said he hadn't seen him on any too deep for any game this season. As at times you will learn, too deep sometimes are just 
basically there to to be printed on paper. Placeholders. Yes. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean they are the most accurate. Just keep that in mind. I as as we hyped the week one uh, week zero too deep. Just because I mean it, it's fun conversation. Um, to me, watch those who see playing time in the third and fourth quarter. That's where I think more of the difference is made. Got our M Dyer Global scoreboard coming up here. Coming up in just a few moments, which is uh, potentially also including a massive upset at the uh, the U.S. Open. Really? Number one seed is um, one game. Well, he's down, what, a break or two breaks? And uh, he's he's uh, he's down 5-3. And uh, Danilo Medvedev, who's got the lead, is serving for the match. Woo! They're in set number four. So uh, we'll follow that. Our M. Dyer Global scoreboard coming up. In just a couple of moments, you Albany, Hawaii. Uh, that is the matchup that's coming up here. Six oh five kickoff at the Clarence T. C. Ching Athletics Complex. I know. Um, I know for a lot of people, people just see it as, oh, it's an FCS team. You know, um, Hawaii's won nineteen in a row against FCS opponents. Some people just kind of just blow past this one, but. Putting all that aside, what are you most interested in watching here on on Saturday? Are you keying in on something in particular? Again, I I think it comes down to our offense. We still, to this day, haven't had a great showing of where our offense could potentially go to. And so anytime we play one of these FCS teams – it's an opportunity for us to stretch our legs a little bit. It's an opportunity for us to kind of set the tone for the rest of the year. And that in no way is to look past this team. This is a terrific, terrific opportunity for us to establish ourselves as the run and shoot. And I, I want at least six touchdowns tomorrow. Um, I, I would love that. Um, if, if we could, if we could get to that mark, um, you know, okay. If we drop it down to five, that's 35 <laughs> points. Okay. Just to keep it a little bit more conservative. Okay. I would love if we could be right around there because that would mean that we're in sync with multiple receivers, not just Pofeli Ashlock, who's been terrific for us this season, but who do we go to if we, if we can't go to him? Who who else is going to show up? Stephen McBride has been good for us at times, but um, I want I want to see Alex Perry have yeah. a day. Um, I want to see Kuali Nishigaya go and get his. I want to see Tylen Hines get out in space and show us. Remember how shifty he was for us late in the year last year when we got him in space. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see us run the ball a little bit. Yeah. Um, in some ways, I'm looking just at our offense and seeing if we can have our way with the team. I'll give you mine in a moment, but I, I'll, I want to put you in a hypothetical here if you're, um, if you're Timmy Chang. Script out the first, I don't know, five plays. Well, I, we know we, they script out more than that. Everybody mm. scripts out X amount of plays. But if I were to ask you, let's just say three, the first three plays of a drive to start the game or to start your first drive of the game. How are you scripting out those three plays? 
What uh, what yard line are we on? Um, I mean, let's just say let let's just say you've got the you've got the ball at the twenty five yard line. You've okay. won the toss. You've elected to receive. What are the first three plays that you've got scripted? Um, let's go. I would go something on the perimeter right off the bat. Runner pass. Pass. Okay. Um, if the man beater is not open on the front side, good chance that your zone beater will be open on the back. And so I'm already talking to Braden. If you don't like it on the front side, get back as soon as possible and hit the check down if you need to. There's always bailouts okay. created in the run and shoot. So that's the first one. Um, right after that, um, I think they will be ready for the run. So it might be a perfect time for an RPO um, with a maybe a slant. And if you break a tackle right there, you're, you're off and running. And then that gets you right around to maybe the 45-yard line, something like that, if we're able to get a first down, okay. 40, 45-yard line. And I'm making a shot at the end zone. I'm calling divide, which is a an old-school run-and-shoot concept, which just goes right down the middle of the field, and letting Shager air it out. Let's go. So what it sounds like to me is if you're if if you're putting the first three plays down on paper, you're looking to to set the tempo or set the mood of the game very quickly. Absolutely. You want to score within two minutes. I don't I don't want to even think about establishing ourselves as running the ball until the second or third drive. Because when when we've tried to do that, it's almost a they haven't proven to me that that's even a positive use of a down. It, it's kind of just a, a a waste of a time where you can throw a tunnel screen outside. You can do multiple different things to get the ball to the flat without needing to go through your offensive line, which haven't haven't really gotten a great push. So let's find a way around that and let's use the run and shoot pass pass calling to our advantage. I'll play it this way, and you're listening to Off the Bench here on ESPN Honolulu. I'll, I'll play it similar to what you're saying. Um, my way of wording it would be is, yeah, I want to establish the run at some point. I want to establish some offensive identity consistently, but I just first want to establish the game. I, I want to establish my mark on the game, not play from behind or you know, not slowly get out of the blocks. Like I want to establish on that first drive that we look dominant. I want to establish that we're going to do anything against you and we're going to be successful. I don't want to be marred by penalties. I don't want Shager pressured in, in, in the backfield. I want as clean of a first drive and as quick of a first drive as possible to show you Albany that we're dictating this game, not you. Mm. That's what that's what it sounds like to me. I would kind of yes. agree with with that tone. Yeah, I I want us to not wait around to see what U Albany does, but yes, they're an opponent. This is our opportunity to just go out there and exert our force mm-hmm. on someone else without thinking a whole lot about what are they going to do in response. Let let's let's go out and just establish what we can do. You hit on something that I kind of wanted to go toward, and that is the offensive line. Um, we talked to you, Albany's play-by-play voice, a little while ago. They have ten sacks in two games against uh, an wow. FCS opponent in Fordham, 
an FBS opponent in Marshall, a game they could have won. They had a lead on them, uh, lost that lead late in the game. But 10 sacks in two games, I don't care who you're playing against, that's pretty good. Yeah. And weird saying it because I didn't think I would say it at the beginning of the year. I'm not necessarily impressed with Hawaii's offensive line depth. Um, it, it, and obviously, it's it's gotten a little smaller. Seeing Solo Vaipulu a little bit more in the in the uh, the backfield as compared to um, being one of those depth guys on the offensive line. I mean, he was a, a number two guy in the depth chart anyway. Uh, I'm concerned about that offensive line. And uh, again, coming into the year, I was a believer that maybe that was going to be one of the strengths of this team. I felt a little bit differently about that since. Hmm. So I want to see the offensive line. I mean, there's nothing you can really establish, I guess, but I, I'd like to see the offensive line look a heck of a lot better than it has in the first two games. Man, I, I couldn't agree with you anymore, man. I, I, it's not just our running game. It's it's a combination of that and our inability to get a, a push. Um Remember though we've 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 played two power five opponents in our first two games. It may not be a a great tell on where the trajectory of all, of our line and how they can perform for the entire season. So let's keep all of that into perspective. Um, but man, I I would hope in some ways we can do better than last week. We let yeah. we let Shager get sacked six times. Yeah. That's a scary place to be in if you're a quarterback trying to go go back there. And the foundation of our new offense is passing the ball north of 40 times a game. So he's got to be protected if we're going to be able to get the ball down the field at all. And I don't care who you're playing against. Six, Your quarterback being sacked six times is unacceptable. It could be against Stanford. It could be against Albany. It could be against uh, um, Alabama. I don't care. That's That's not an acceptable number. And to me, that's that's a challenge. It's almost two sacks a quarter. You're right. That's a challenge that I want to hear Braden Shager put on his offensive line. I want to hear Timmy Chang and, and that offensive line coaching staff lay down on that offensive line. Um, be better. Be better than that. And I And I think they can. I'm a believer that at some point that that will turn around. Yeah. I haven't seen it in two games, and I think a lot of people haven't seen it in two games, and I think that is probably my concern about which way this game could go. Yep. That Hawaii may be overall better, yeah. and, I, and I believe that wholeheartedly, but it may not matter if Hawaii doesn't win the line of scrimmage. Now, whenever we play FCS schools – Typically, we're in the driver's seat when it comes to size and athleticism. So with that in mind, I expect UAlbany to show some sort of a zone coverage from their defense. Now, you might be asking, well, what's the point with that? Well, the point with that is there's going to be a lot of space for our wide receivers to catch hitch routes, to catch um, short passes over the middle of the field. Um, because they need to create that space to be able to run with us for fear of getting beat over the top. And so one thing that Shager did much better against Vandy than we did as a whole against Stanford was taking those short passes. Those short passes are the foundation which builds the house 
for the bigger passes down um, later in the game. So I would love for us, you know, we talked about discipline earlier. If we as a whole can take the shorter stuff, take our medicine, because it does still move the chains. It's be interesting to watch. What are you looking forward to? You can uh, text us at 808-296-1420. Call us at 808-296-1420. And if you are a Verizon Wireless or Spectrum Mobile customer, uh, you can call us at 808-546-1223. That's how you can get into the conversation, potentially win some uh, some volleyball tickets, which we're going to do uh, a little bit later on. Uh, we'll talk about the defensive side, I think, in a little bit as well. We probably should. Hey, uh, Wahine Volleyball tonight. UH and Pepperdine. Question everybody's asking. Will tonight's match be done before 1044? <laughs> I know I'm, I'm hitting a very sore spot. Um, Good thing you didn't room. go. You would have been asleep by the end. Wow, man. Sorry. Wow. I was awake. I, I oh, watched. Okay. I watched the uh, the the end of the fourth set, and I watched the fifth on the tube. All right. I had Spectrum on. I was watching Spectrum Sports. I was fully and I awake. Apologize. I, well, there's an excuse for that. All right. Um, I was emceeing an event down uh, downtown last night, uh, benefiting uh, Hawaii Literacy. They nice. had a Powhana block party over at Ferguson's. And so, and, and shout out to to Don and Mary and, and everybody there. It was a lot of fun. Um, we auctioned off a San Francisco Giants flyaway, and I was uh, very sad because you know you're you're working, you're not eligible to win. Mm. Owner seats, <sighs> hotel, airfare credit, two games at Oracle Park, and I've still never been there. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah. That. How much would you have dropped on that? Whew. That's a good question. Hypothetically. Well, I probably would have stopped at about two. Grand? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I work in radio. You'd probably, yeah. I want to remind people that. Um, we actually got it up past last year. Last year, I think it got up to about like 25-ish. We uh, we jumped that up to 35 this year. Dang. Yeah. We And that's a pricey weekend, man. No, you know what was, was funny? The last thousand or so were in fifty dollar increments. No way. And then it jumped Penny up a couple of times. No, because we were going in like hundreds. And then, you know, you start to kind of work the room a little bit to kind of feel like, okay, we gotta get this moving along. So let's you know, let's bring it down. And yeah, we were going like in fifties for a while. I think the actual and it was just that one thing we were auctioning. I think that part of the auction took about like fifteen minutes. Hmm. Yeah, it was um, it, it it was a it was it was an exercise. So anyway, um, finished that up, came back up here, finished some work, went home. Um, by the time I got home, it was about ten, and it was the end of the fourth set. And so after all that, and I had like a a, a late snack. It was like smoked salmon belly, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. All right, um, that I sounds was, like a good night. Man. I was I was definitely awake. So, yeah, I didn't fall asleep, and I'm going tonight to go watch uh, Hawaii and Pepperdine. And so, no, I'm not. I'm not knocking out for that, too. You're going you're gonna to have me wired tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, how many, uh, how many monsters do you think you're going to get down before our countdown to kickoff? Um, well, I never have more than one a day. So, and I don't even know if I'll have one at that point. I might, I might wait till, uh, 
till as the game is going on because I'm not leaving there until probably about 10:30 tomorrow night right after the fans voice is done. But uh but certainly a lot of people are talking about last night. Liberty earns the win its first ever top 25 win in program history. Um doing it in five sets against one of its best crowds mm. it will ever face because we know volleyball crowds at Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center um, are as good as they come. Nebraska would like a word, but they are as as good as they come a- across the country. And they rolled in. That match ended at 4.44 Eastern time in the morning. And they still pulled it off. Uh, that tells you there is some good volleyball being played this weekend. So I would invite you... Um, if you've got a chance, go out, Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. It's Hawaii and Pepperdine tonight, although the match, I think, is just starting between UCLA and Liberty. And then uh, Sunday, you got uh, Liberty and Pepperdine, and then you got Hawaii and US, uh, UCLA right around 5 o'clock. Hmm. But uh, I'll, I'll say this. So a lot of people are talking about Hawaii right now, and I think they're concerned that you know Hawaii gets into the rankings and Hawaii falls – and I think there is a fairly some concern about what Hawaii has. Um, I will say this, and I'll take it away from last night. I love Coach Robin Amo. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that uh, she is unapologetically her. She is tough. She gets the most out of her players. Um, the players love her because she challenges them. Love that. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a little little concerned. Really, she has she's called out her setter, um, in not so many words except her setter's name, um, on occasion like several times, in, you know this year. And I think back to the to the last match against USC where, um, she basically said on 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 TV, you know, yeah, my 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 setter frustrates me. Talking about you, Kate Lang. Dang. Yeah. I haven't. Correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't K- Kate Lang and um, Amber Igedi and Igedi back to back Big West setter mm-hmm. um, outside hitter combos or whatever uh-huh. of yeah. the week or something? Yeah. What else does she want from them? Maybe to it's s- not on them to set the middles. <laughs> that's that's what it is. She wants her setter to set the middles. Okay. Now, my where my concern is, I'm not a big fan necessarily of like putting that out there in public by name. Like, you know, you can criticize. Yeah. Um, you can criticize players. They're your player, sure. And I, I'm here. I'm here to defend it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't. They don't just throw out words like that unless you've been performing well. Uh huh. So <clears throat> it's it's been kind of an interesting dynamic. It's weird for a team that just got into the top 25, and I love the way this team, you know, tracks down attacks they they get after the volleyball they're a really good defensive team there are i think there are some fairly some things that i think are are concerning when it comes to uh whether this team can put together a complete match and uh, we'll find that out we'll get back to hawaii football coming up in a little bit we got lots of volleyball tickets to give away we got volleyball sunday hawaii against ucla give away some tickets to that coming up uh, all throughout the hour here on ESPN Honolulu. We are uh, a day removed from the Detroit Lions winning opening night at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. And this text message 
Love this. From the 347. This is the same person that yesterday thought I was on in the morning. Josh, still feel the same about the Lions? Hmm. Well, yes, I still feel the same about the Lions. I still feel like the Detroit Lions are the second best team in the NFC North. I don't think the Lions are better than Minnesota. I can't wait to to watch the Vikings play this weekend. Oh, wait, they are not in my market. I'll find someone who's got the Vikings on, see if I can uh, crash at their place for a little while. It uh, is what it is. Yes, it is. But um, until I see the Vikings struggle or until I see the Lions win over the Minnesota Vikings, my mind hasn't changed. It's still Minnesota 1, Detroit 2, Green Bay and Chicago toward the bottom. Yep. I mean, I don't know. I I was I was joking with you earlier. It's like you have a really good year and now picking you as second in the division is an insult. Yeah. Like or or not atop the uh the NFC. Right. In contention to win. So for those that weren't listening earlier, the text that came in yesterday said this. Josh P mocked the Lions this morning. How's that crow taste? To which I wasn't on the radio that morning. <laughs> I don't work the mornings. Uh, in the morning, I'm working, but uh, I'm not talking. I'm just, you know, working. I'm, I'm doing my, my normal blue-collar stuff. Uh, but not not talking. So I don't I don't know what crow I'm eating. Be happy you won. <laughs> I'm happy your team won because it wasn't against my team. Yeah. Um I'm happy Detroit made some noise and got the uh, put the NFL world on notice yesterday because mm. it's good for football. So um yeah, there's yeah. there's no I'm I'm eating no crow. I'm eating a peanut butter and jelly a, sandwich, and I am loving it. And There's it no a, crow here. It was a good game. It was. Came down to the wire. Yeah. Um, that's what you want in a season opener. Mm-hmm. And if you look across the landscape of the rest of the NFC, so far, I think there's some other teams that have shown us more. Mm-hmm. Mainly the 49ers. The Eagles, who were in the Super Bowl last year, I'd probably put the Cowboys in front of them. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, you know, I'm probably putting the Vikings in front of them too. So if that's the case, at best, they're number four in the NFC. At best. At best, probably right around there. At worst, they're probably five or six. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Probably right there. You know, it's a toss-up with uh, the Giants. And I'm trying to think of... No, it's probably it's probably right there. Mm-hmm. They're, they're probably right there around number five. So, you know, w- with that, we're, we're not throwing shade. Again, Josh and I are Packers and Bears fans over here. Yeah. We, we are not in here in any kind of delusion saying that our teams deserve to be in that upper echelon because they're not. Um, But that also brings me to something else, Josh. This is the first time that our teams will square off. They always play twice in a season. Our teams are squaring off in this first, uh, this first uh, game of the season. And I have to ask, what are, what do we have riding on this game? You're a Packers fan. I'm a Bears fan. (sighs) 
I didn't even think about this. I know, but it might be fun. Maybe we'll, we'll throw it out there and we'll think about it for a later segment. Yeah. Um, it might be kind of fun to uh, have going throughout the season. How's about this? Okay. It's week one, and we both have no idea what our teams are going to look like. It's so true. Especially because Green Bay's got its got a new quarterback for the first time in what feels like forever. No, it's it's honestly uncharted territory for both teams. Yes. The, the Bears made crazy moves in the offseason on the offense, which they never do. They always <laughs> beef up the O-line and beef up the defense right. on repeat. And then the Packers have had either Favre or Rodgers for literally the last 20 years. So you always, as a Packers fan, could rest assured those two guys will find a way to be competitive. You knew you could guarantee X amount of wins just from the quarterback position. Just from their the two of their abilities. They're not there any longer. Yep. Crazy. It's going to take some adjusting. Absolutely. Um, so here, I'm going to sound like the no fun person. But I would say, because of all of those circumstances, let's watch this one. But let's definitely put up, put up something for the second game. I know, that sounds like a real cop-out. But I think, but I think we'd, we're both in the same position of not knowing what the heck to expect in week one. Mm. And, yeah, I, I, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Are you cool with that? So you don't you don't feel I don't feel confident, but I also think I don't I wouldn't put it on you either because these two teams are in such unknown circumstances. See, we're at a we're in a place of poker right now where you checked and <laughs> I'm not certain with what you're holding, but I'm a little tempted to gamble and throw some chips in the pot right okay. now. Okay. Well, you've got this entire segment to figure it out. Okay. If you're uh, yeah. if you're gonna check it or if you're gonna raise, okay, or if you're gonna go all in, whatever all right. it is you're gonna do. Yeah. Uh, some of our texts here from the uh, Zephyr Insurance text line, uh, texter from the two six one. Last year, Lions beat Green Bay. That made Green Bay miss the playoffs. Stop. Just stop. I don't. I don't need to relive that. Uh, I say Lions will be better than Minnesota. Okay. I hear the Lions roar. <laughs> Did you where where did you hear that? Did you hear that from the National Geographic channel? Did you hear that on YouTube? Did you Google search? Mm. Do lions roar? Yeah, they do. They will make it a lot. Texter says that's that's a funny that's as funny of of anything I've heard today. I hear lions roar. <laughs> Texter from the ninth not not a lions roar or the lions roar. It's just I hear lions roar. I guess okay. Yeah. All right. Um, texter for the 937. Thank you, Josh. About time someone speaks some sense about the North. The Vikings got the best player in the league. By the way, it's not just me. It's Hunter, too. So you can thank both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're both in that same boat. Uh, this is from the 291. Aloha. Hunter is definitely loving the new QB of his team. Is that is that true? Oh, are yeah. you loving the new QB of your team? I love Fields. Love his heart. Love his uh, toughness. Love the way he plays. I think he could be the next Cam Newton. Okay. If he stays healthy. One more. Um, this is from the 781. Hunter, give us a discerning evaluation of the Bears' D. 
Discerning. Discerning. I need you to do this in 10 pages. Okay. How well, good will they be against the Packers on Sunday? I, there's. I have potential fantasy ridicule on the line. All right. Yeah. Well, before you answer that question, why do you have potential fantasy ridicule on the line in week one? I'm not understanding what you what is so important about week one that you've got ridicule at stake here. But then again, this is coming from someone who's never won anything in fantasy sports in his life. So okay. um, I need to understand this. Okay. But your discerning evaluation of your team's defense. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit of a discerning sourpuss over here <laughs> in responding to this text message okay. because – I know the perception is for everyone listening that Hunter played quarterback in college, so he, of course, is the the guru of all things football. I know exactly the same amount of information as anyone else who hasn't watched their team yet this season. I know nothing. I know I don't know if we're going to be good. I don't know if we're going to be bad. I don't know if the Packers are going to smoke us. I don't know if we're going to annihilate the Packers. No idea. That's why I want to watch the game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Keegan, clip that, by the way, uh, for, for later use. Just, and just clip that. I, I, I know, like, I, I, if there's anything that I can point to, the his, history speaking, the Bears have always had a good defense. That's true. Always. That is true. We've always been able to stop, um, stop the run primarily. Um, but I needed to throw that out there for listeners wanting fantasy advice for this season. I, I, I'm not going to give it to you. Here we go. Because I just don't know. I think I've got it. I think we've gotten the ridicule here from the texter from the 781. Okay. Someone played Pacheco over Aaron Jones. Not me, by the way. Okay. I'm, I'm not eligible in your fantasy draft. Someone played Pacheco over Aaron Jones because another team believes the Bears D is going to be 1985 level, and I want to shame them. Okay. Yeah, the the best way to shame them is play it, and if you're right, then show them the scoreboard. It's week one. Yeah. Like, but you know what? <laughs> to the Texter's credit, we're starving for football. Yes, we're all ready. We're to shame people in week one, man. Yeah, that that's rough. Is that Keegan? By the way, is he is he texting our text thread? Uh, he's not. Okay. Because I'm 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 watching him. Okay. And he's definitely not. Right. He's he's like he's he's blank staring into screens. <laughs> um one more here from the four nine seven. Hey Hunter, Fields is my fantasy QB. Yahoo says I made the best draft in my league. I mean, you must have drafted everything else really well if Fields is your QB. See see you you can't you can't drop that down on us and only tell us about your QB. I can tell you about my four, but uh, you, you've got to give us the entire roster so that we can evaluate how good or how bad your draft was. Your your quarterback is not going to make or break your draft. Or well, I guess it could it could break it, but it won't make it. And just because you got field, it still doesn't tell us if you didn't grab him first overall. Mm-hmm. So. It's tough to really make an, eva- an evaluation just off of that information. All right, a couple more here. Our Zephyr Insurance text line's rolling here. You can text us and call us at 808-296-1420. Uh, if you've got Verizon, if you've got Spectrum Mobile, 808-546-1223. Scott asks, 
This is based on what we were talking about earlier. Okay. Do the Chiefs have an asterisk after mm. their win? You mean, you mean the Lions win? Do they have an asterisk after their win? What do you guys think? A win is a win, right? I'll let you go first. So this is um, this is a conversation. We talked about this in the first hour. Mike Tirico had yep. mentioned, uh, you know, some think you, you should have an asterisk on it because Travis Kelsey didn't play, because Chris Jones didn't play. And I understand where Mike Tirico is coming from. In fact, I think in, in week one where teams are still kind of figuring each other out and the team that lost did not have two of its most important players, I I believe, yes, you can put an asterisk because in a close game like that, I don't think you really know um, if the result is the same if an offense that's so heavily relying on Travis Kelsey, um, you know, sputtered without him, that, um, yeah, I think you could say you could put an asterisk next to it. I think it's fair. Hmm. So I hear where you're coming from, and this is kind of – I'm going to stay on the same side of my argument. Yeah. It's tough to win in the NFL. And – on any given week, you're battling all kinds of stuff. The weather, your schedule, um, illness, and injuries. And so your starting lineup, offense, defense, special teams, is a rolling type of um, type of reality. And so with that, I think it's, um, it's not fair to discredit a team okay. like the Lions to go into Arrowhead on a banner night a night where the Chiefs get their Super Bowl rings on opening night for the, for the NFL season and beat them, the reigning Super Bowl champions. Give them a little bit of credit. Okay. Um, as you said, though, print out some shirts. Absolutely. Uh, one more here from the 291. If the Chiefs are only dependent on Kelsey and have nowhere else for Mahomes to, throw, uh, to feel safe to throw the ball, then whose fault is that? Hmm. That is a good point. Although, again, I, I do want to point out, um, let's remember that uh, they don't have Eric Bieniemy, And I, I think we're going to learn throughout the year. Um, no Bieniemy, how does that offense look going in, uh, you know, going over the course of the year? I, I think that's going to be an underrated storyline as we go. Uh, because he, you know, he found himself another offensive coordinator job. Nobody wanted to hire him as a head coach for whatever reason that is, and here he is, or you know, here he's not. I guess I should say. So, does that change the way Mahomes' offense or the 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 ability to produce in that offense? Does that change it? We'll find out. I, I don't. I don't think you can you can make that justification now. But I think at at, at some point, if they sputter, I I think you're going to have to. Yeah. Um, lots more of our texts and phone calls that uh, we've got that we'll uh, share with you. By the way, um, leading receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, just to give you an idea, four catches for Isaiah Pacheco out of the backfield. Marquez Valdez, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, two catches, 48 yards. Noah Gray, Rasheed Rice, Kadarius Toney, five targets. Those are the most targets. Wow. It's a lot different than what you're accustomed to, Much isn't it? Much different. All right, uh, coming up, get back to University of Hawaii football. U Albany and Hawaii uh, kickoff is 
If I have it correct, 24 hours and 40 minutes away. Nice. I like to go down to the minute. For real. I think it's a pa- I think it's a 5 after kickoff. I haven't seen the uh the rundown yet. It's usually around 6:05. Yeah. Uh I'm assuming the rundown's going to stay the same. But first, let's give away tickets University of Hawaii volleyball with the Rainbow Wahine taking on UCLA on Sunday. Uh Derek's calling in for the tickets. Derek, how is it going? I'm I'm good. Thank you. You you hesitated for a moment. <laughs> he, he had to make sure. Okay. I'm going to give you a true or false question. I really hope for your sake it's true. I hope. Or it's false, depending which one it is. You're confusing yourself. I'm confusing myself. You're absolutely right. Uh, Derek, (laughs) true or false? Liberty University, the team that defeated Hawaii last night at 1044 p.m., is located in the state of West Virginia. I want to see Virginia. So you're saying it's false. False. It is indeed in Virginia. You have uh, you have won. Congratulations. Hey, very good, Derek. I was uh, I was trying to see if I could trip up Derek, but uh, nothing can trip up Derek. Final words. We didn't get to do them yesterday because we had only we, words. That's right. They, they weren't. After something else, yeah. So we had thirty seconds of words <laughs> after a uh, a very good football game. We get a full three hour show next week. Uh, we're here all week. Uh, actually, we're on after Yankees Red Sox Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, we'll join you after Rainbow Wahine volleyball. Hawaii's on the road uh, at TCU. But other than that, we're with you all week. Uh, you, you can't miss us. We can't miss you. Uh, let's say hi to Jackson, who's calling in here at 808-296-1420 Jackson, thank you for holding. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fine, guys. How are you doing? Doing good. What's good. going on? Okay, so, you know, I was at the game last week. Um, I didn't get a chance to call in this week. But, you know, it was, it was clear to me that UH was overmatched, uh, both size and speed. And that's fine. There's no shame in being overmatched. But the... 11 penalties for 110 yards, uh, two targeting, uh, was ridiculous. Um, I had called you in week one, uh, week zero, ranting about the use of timeouts. After I hung up, you guys said that, you know, the, the, the way he used those timeouts, did not factor into the loss, okay? So you can say that, just like you can say not one penalty led to the loss. But what I'm trying to say is 11 penalties for 110 yards, right? That's not going to be winning football in week zero in week one or in week 12. And the so it's a pattern here of, you know, um, timeout usage and poor coaching. Again, I don't, I'd be curious to know if there was any other FBS team over the weekend that had two of their players ejected for targeting. That's ridiculous. Okay. So, I you know, I suspect it will be much better tomorrow. I, don't, I haven't seen the line for tomorrow. Um, there but, is none. There is no line. Okay. Because it's an FCS. So, uh, it's it's, a, it's an FCS team. Right. Okay. So, you know, maybe they'll win by, I think, I think Artie Wilson said today by 20 or whatever, but I'll be there. I'll be cheering them on, but you've got to get these things cleaned up mm. because it's, it's when the stakes get higher, when maybe a bowl berth is on the line in week 12, the way you use timeouts, how many penalties you commit, these will add up and it, and it, it will affect the outcome. That's all. Thanks guys. Cool. Hey, thank you for calling in. Um, I'll start first. 
I do not defend. I cannot defend eleven penalties. Um, more than that, I cannot defend two targeting penalties in the same game. I don't have. I I haven't seen um, anywhere that keeps track of every targeting penalty in the country. We'll have to wait to talk to George about that one. He That's he's true. got the data from the the referees. So. Yeah, so you know, hopefully we'll we'll find out there. Um, week zero had, um, well, actually no, week week zero. I think there was um, there was a few uh, across the board, but I haven't seen anything in week one. But regardless, um, penalties didn't cost you the game, but penalties in that game left you with kind of a bad taste in your mouth, or at least it did for me, um, especially the the two targeting penalties and what seemed like. Um, a lack of discipline that I haven't seen in a while on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, you. I think you could, you could actually make the case that those penalties put us at a disadvantage that ultimately made it really difficult to come back from. And week zero against Vandy, that false start in the red zone that Dalen Morris ultimately would have scored That's on. That's right, yeah. That actually, you could make the argument, had a really big pl- part to play in that game. So... I completely agree with that caller. We have to get those discipline things figured out. Now, I need to throw this out there. Um, Play calling, timeout management, clock management, that is uh, 100% on coaching. I would make the argument that penalties is not on coaching. That's on the players. Agreed. So... They're not the ones causing the penalties. If there was some procedural thing where the coaches didn't get the play in there in time, that's on them. Uh, it is on players to know where to hit people. You're playing the game. And uh, targeting is not anything new. And Mekki Pei had one last year where he got tossed for a targeting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could call that, you know, uh, laziness, you could call that uh, a contact foul. It, in some aspects, it's wrong place, wrong time. Mark Veneri talked about it on the air during the game last week. You know, if a running back drops his head or drops his shoulder to meet the, the eye line, headline of an opposing defender, it's very difficult for that defender to get out of the way. I, I'm a uh, fan yeah. of actually loosening the rules on targeting a little bit because they're getting a little happy with it. I, I get it, but I still believe if uh, – because, you're I mean, you're right. The offensive part of it – and you can call offensive targeting. They hardly uh, ever do. They hardly ever they do. They hardly but ever you, do. But you technically can. But I think what doesn't help a defender is if you're going in – yeah, you've got the helmet, but your your arms are back. Instead of your arms making an actual motion of trying to wrap and tackle while you're flying in, if your arms aren't going along with your body, if they're just staying on the side, you make it easier for an official to throw a flag, or you make it easier for a replay official, the command center, to say, hey, we want you to look at that. We think there's targeting because you're not doing anything um, – fundamentally that would indicate that you are trying to do something in the form of a tackle and in the, and uh, not all tackles are being made to force harm. Correct. And so I almost think targeting is the wrong word, Mm -hmm. you know, cleaning out a, a defenseless receiver is one thing or a defenseless quarterback 
but then making a play and just happen happening to hit the guy with the top of your head, even if you went in with great fundamentals, it still can happen. That that's where me as a former player, there's gotta be a give and take here with this and a reviewable thing, especially in game speed. I would love for them to review it game speed. Because the the player's trying to do his job. Mm-hmm. And Neither of those hits, the the Tufaga one or the um, Pay hit, were egregious. They weren't. Um, and the emotion of the game at that time wasn't at a point where they were trying to inflict pain on the other team. So I, I actually want to defend those a little okay. bit. Um, but I do agree with the caller that penalties... Absolutely got to get cleaned up if we have any hopes of going bowling this year. You know, one thing I disagree with with the caller, though, you you can't say on one hand, you know, you're going up against, you're outmatched against Stanford. You know, they're they're faster, they're more physical. And he said, I think in his words, well, that's okay. Um, you can't say that on one hand and on the other side say poor coaching. So I actually would say it was more, uh, maybe not so much, we did a poor job on coaching. They did a phenomenal job on coaching. Yes. Yeah. We never got settled on defense. We were on our heels the entire game trying to figure out what they were doing. And by the time we got it figured out, Stanford came out in the second half with a completely different scheme. I mean, it was masterful watching them from even the sideline. I The, the way that I usually watch Hawaii's offense, because I, I love what we do, mm-hmm. I was watching Stanford... Um, just uh, as a a fan of good football, really enjoying what they were doing. So there's uh, there's learning opportunity for I think everybody involved here, player, staff, supports uh, support staff. Um, we need to be better as a whole. But let's not forget, we just came um, came away from being decently in both of those games against Power Five schools. Our yeah. non conference opponents are generally always. A handful of Power Five schools, so we have to keep that in mind. We always match up better against Mountain West schools. Always. Two questions thrown out here um, from the uh, Zephyr Insurance text line. One, th- these are both from the four nine seven. Does Timmy adjust the run and shoot and start four wides who can run? Who are the? Okay, I'm. I'm just. Who Who have we played that can't run? I, I feel a critique there because, like, uh, 10 different receivers caught the ball this last week. Who can't run? Now, th- again, everybody, I know we're, we're eager. We're impatient. We want 2007, and we want it now. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a J.G. Wentworth commercial. It's my money, and I want it now. <laughs> I feel... But our, our, the younger part of the demo has no idea what you're talking about. But, but for uh, those who know, that hits hard. Go ahead and watch uh, watch Game Show Network at about 11 a.m. and yeah. you'll understand. 877-GOSH, no. Keegan's looking at me. He's like, yeah, I understand. Do you? Do you actually know yeah, the commercial we're the talking nod. about? He's nodding. Do you? Okay, he does. But, but, he, doesn't, but he doesn't want to admit it. The, you know, he knows the opera J.G. Wentworth commercial. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. He, texter, by the way, says as as we were JG Wentworthing, Titans did not catch a pass. Okay, 
I think uh, that's that's the texter's point about going with four receivers who can run as compared to three receivers and a tight end. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's technically not run and shoot when you have a tight end in there. Mm-hmm. So that they are correct. Going four wide, um, even going empty. Uh, I was talking with Coach Rich Miano about that at practice this week. Um, he, Richie! Yeah, he talked about run and shoot is only possible in 10 personnel. So one running back, zero tight ends. Um, that's what the one and the zero stand for. Um, we are still searching for who is going to be our stud receivers. Um, that's why we're leaning on so many different guys. I've used this word at different times throughout um, the season so far. We're um, relying on a cabinet of receivers to kind of back up our offense right now. And so we need guys like Profeli Ashlock, who's a freshman, stepping yeah. up and showing what he can do. Uh, Kuali Nishigaya had some tough catches during uh, the stretch of that game against Stanford last week. Uh, really thankful to have him. You know, uh, Jonah Pinoke, who we were really hopeful to be a mainstay at receivers, uh, battling some injuries right now. So him, uh, Ati Malala also has been a little banged up. Um, Stephen McBride has been great for us. Number seven, the yep. transfer from Kansas. Uh, Alex Perry, another one. Uh, really looking for him still to turn up. Number 88, our tallest uh, receiver. Um, there's a few guys still waiting for their coming out party that I think they're licking their chops to go against you, Albany, tomorrow. There you go. Because uh, one of us dropped a dollar today. Uh, one more from the same texture. Must win tomorrow at the Ching. A loss would be a disaster. Would not be good. Are you softening the word disaster? Man. Cue the uh, the Charlie Brown music uh, afterwards. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, I would agree there. Man, I haven't... I haven't I totally forgot about the Charlie Brown music. It's been oh, a while. Yeah. Charlie Brown Christmas music. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't watched Charlie Brown Christmas in a while. You know, because mm. I, I grew up. Uh, <laughs> I never did. I grew up, and I have no kids, there so I have go. no reason to watch Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, disaster. Ooh, it's a it's a harsh word, but it's probably a fair word. Um, I don't I don't think I could I could uh, erase that. I think the other thing I'd say with it is. There was a lot of confidence coming in, not necessarily about wins and losses. I don't I don't know that there were a lot of people painting bowl team or anything like that going in. Week one may have, you know, bumped up some expectations. But for all of that, one loss here can erase it. Which is which is unfortunate, yeah. But that is what happens if you're an FBS school playing in FCS, yeah. And you've got a lot on the line. We've got very thin margins right now. Absolutely, very thin. Yeah, I, I think that's the fairest thing you can say. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's tough too, and I don't like bringing it up, but you didn't have fifteen thousand tickets issued last week, yeah. Which is um, you know underwhelming. It wasn't a good showing. No. And I think you run the risk of seeing that fall even more if you can't take care of business tomorrow. Yeah. I think I, – I don't know that I, I – must win feels like a really, really, really um, really hard hard phrase to use. But I would say you better. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to have a difficult time spinning anything positively if we're grinding against you, Albany tomorrow. 
fair. I don't like spinning though. I don't either. I want to. I want to tell good stories. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think we all do. Final words here coming up in a moment. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. Game night's coming up here in about nine minutes, followed by Rainbow Wahine Volleyball, uh, Hawaii and Pepperdine. By the way, UCLA and Liberty. Liberty closing in on their first loss of the year. Uh, UCLA is up two sets to none in that match. Uh, last night, UCLA and Pepperdine went five, I think it was, which is why the Hawaii match started an hour late. Doesn't appear that that is going to be a problem tonight. In, in, un, unless, um, yeah, Liberty. Yeah. Final words. Uh, Limu, Imu. Uh, before final words, uh, M. Dyer Global's got pigskin picks at ESPNHonolulu.com. Uh, $100 worth of weekly prizes. Grand prize worth over $1,000. It is brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Play along with all of us because we all lost yesterday at uh, ESPNHonolulu.com. Final words, Hunter, you first. Uh, we all know by now Joe Burrow signed his new contract with yes, the Bengals and uh, making him the, the highest paid player in history per year. Um, I'm bringing it up because... Uh, it surfaced a, a tweet from him from 2013 where he reached out to a recruiter asking, I was wondering if there were any specific camps I should go to to help get my name out there because I'm not really getting any attention from colleges. Man. That was in 2013, 10 years ago. So I bring that up just to throw out a, a nice heartwarming encouragement to people if you are still thinking about going for your dreams, pursuing something, even when the going gets tough, stick with it. You never know what can happen. That's a great one. Yeah, Joe Burrow, I mean, and, and you think about it too. Um, Burrow had that one year at LSU, right? One year, yep. After transferring elsewhere. From Ohio he, State. That's right. Yep. And it's amazing. Many one, consider that right up there with the 2001 Miami Hurricane team mm -hmm. as one of the best college teams ever. Yeah. Just just amazing. Um, my final word, I don't think I would have ever woken up at 6 a.m. For, uh, for for Colorado and Nebraska. Yeah. I will tomorrow. I wow. will. I will get up. Uh, I'm going to make some early breakfast. I might, even, I might even make some pancakes. I might. Technically, you have to be somewhere at 8, though. No, don't you? no, that's Sunday. That's Sunday. That's wow, Sunday. you're you are truly just waking up for football. Then. Yes, all uh, right. We're, we're doing some. Uh, we're we're going to give away some stuff at the lookout on Sunday out there in Ever Beach, which is going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, I might get up. I might make some pancakes. I might make some cereal. I might make TC. Uh, I'm sorry, Colorado, Nebraska, my game of the day to watch. Wow, until we work, we'll see you Monday.